Welcome back, everybody, to We Talk Film. I am your host, Barry, joined, as always, by Clayton. Hello. And today we're doing something, we're doing something different. What are we doing today, Clayton? Oh, well, today, today, uh, it's a special episode, Barry. Today, instead of We Talk Film, this is We Talk Us. <laughs> we're gonna, it's We gonna Talk delve Us. In, <laughs> we're going <laughs> to delve, in, delve into the films that inspire us, the films that led us to do what we're doing today and we're going to talk exactly. about what exactly that is that we're doing today but before we get into that barry I, do you know what time it is barry oh i know what time it is oh, i think it's news time barry it's news time Whoa. oh new, new sound effects we're we got podcasts a bunch now. of new buttons <laughs> <laughs> well weekly <laughs> news <laughs> welcome back we talk news now well, on this week of uh, We Talk News, the first story, Barry, uh, Tarantino's last film, The Movie Critic. Uh, have you heard that he's working mm-hmm. on this? It's just gone into production. I've heard that he's working on it. And casting. Oh, he has gone into production. Yeah, nice. Can I be in it? He, apparently, he's looking for someone in his mid 30s <laughs> to play the <gasps> I role can do of that. Movie Critic. <laughs> we'll do that. Yeah, so other than that, not much news about it. He seems to be keeping pretty secret, but. um. He's actively working on it. So we'll see how that goes because I'm excited. Anything Tarantino sounds good. I mean. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. What more does that? Uh, next this is his final film as well, which I'm kind of saddened by. Yeah. So hopefully <laughs> he goes all out and it's really good because otherwise if it's his last film and it sucks, it's kind of, he's going to have to do another one. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. All right. Our second story for the week. This is trailer news. It's not a new trailer, but oh, it is a new trailer, but it's. For something that we've seen before, the um the Barbie movie got a new trailer. Ah yes, Focusing yes I have on, seen the on new Barbie trailer. The story aspects and how Barbie ends up in the real world with Ryan Gosling it, and Will Ferrell's the bad guy. Yeah, the more dun, I see dun, of this dun. movie, <laughs> the more I have no idea what the hell this is. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's, it's my a- film of the year already. <laughs> it might be up there in my anticipated films because I, I have no idea what the hell this is. <laughs> it's like, such a whack movie. I don't know what's going on. It looks so great. On. I'm so I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking oh, forward to it. All right. Oh, news coming out of Netflix. Did you know they've appointed Arnold Schwarzenegger <gasps> as the chief action officer for Netflix? Yeah, I did hear something about that. So <laughs> what does that actually entail? He's just going to be there around for any of the action stuff or I, I think he's just yeah overseeing anything that they do that's action orientated i have no okay. idea yeah i think they made that up just so they could <laughs> hire arnie but <laughs> it's such a stupid title i'm sorry it sounds yeah it sounds like something out of like time cop it's like he's the chief action officer <laughs> he's the chief action officer look at him I don't know. Hopefully it means Netflix make better movies. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> yeah, we'll see how that uh, goes. What else we got? Oh, yeah. This one is probably going to surprise you. The Minecraft movie, which was announced to be in the works last year, uh, as, yep, yep. Uh, starring Jason Momoa, has now added Matt Berry, the comedian and actor Yay! to star alongside him. Oh, it's a relative of My his. father is yeah. joining the movie. Yep. Yeah, it's um set to be helmed by Jared Hess, who you might know from the guy who did uh, Napoleon Dynamite. Doing Yes, the- yes. And then, I'm very uh, surprised that he's actually doing this film because it's been a while since details. Napoleon Dynamite. 
Yeah, and yeah. nobody does. I have no idea if it's going to be animated or live action or whatever the hell this is. But it's. I mean, you would think it's going to be live action because you got Jason Momoa, but it could just be voicing it. I'd, I'd think so because a live action Minecraft movie would not work. That'd be so stupid. <laughs> it wouldn't work. It's Stop like punching if they did trees. A live action Lego movie. That would just be weird. Oh, yes. I mean, so, there was live action stuff in the Lego movie, so, you know. Yeah, but that worked well. That fit uh, the thing. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll see how that goes. All right, our uh, final story for this week's weekly news. Not much news this week. It's been a slow week in the film industry. Yeah. Um, ah, disappointing. Yeah, well, this one isn't disappointing. Deadpool 3 has started filming. Yes, it Whoa. has, and I've been so excited about it because I got a notification the other day. It just <laughs> popped up. It's like, we have started production. I was like, yes, yes, yeah. you have. Good, it's actually happening. And I'm very surprised that they actually have gone into production about it because of the whole strikes going on at the moment yeah. um, with is, the writers and yeah. potentially upcoming actor strikes coming yeah. soon. Well, that's the next part uh, of the that's, story. That, that's the thing. Is um, yeah. Ryan Reynolds is forbidden from improvising any lines in Deadpool 3. God damn it. Due to the writer's strike. <laughs> if he changes any lines, he could be facing being dropped from the writer's guild, being ostracized from Hollywood. Even if he, if he says like one word that isn't in the script, that counts as changing the script during the writer's strike. And it's... Big news Ooh, because okay. we're going to see how well this script is written. That's what it's going to be. Yeah. Is it, you can't that's, rely yeah. on him. Yeah. I don't know, man. Because that's the thing. The first two films relied on a lot of improv mm-hmm. stuff, especially for the jokes, what felt good on the day and everything like that. So that's yeah. going to be very interesting indeed when Wait, Deadpool 3 yeah. finally gets released next year. We're going to see how that goes. I mean, they could always just do yep. reshoots for jokes <laughs> if they get stuck. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they can like, add a little bit or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I don't know. But, yeah, that concludes uh, Newsweek for this week. Whoa, Newsweek, Newsweek. Uh, yeah, yeah pretty, pretty good Newsweek. Yeah, Got to have Newsweek yeah. every single week. Yeah, I'd hope so. so. Yeah. If hope there's so. news. <laughs> I hope so. If I hope there's, there's news. news every week. It'd be nice. <laughs> it would give us another nice. segment to do, extend this out. It means we have to talk less. <laughs> we have to talk less about and, stuff and, and things speaking and everything of, like that. Speaking of talking about stuff, t- I think it's time for We Talk Us. <laughs> it's We Talk Us today. So we weren't really prepared for this week's episode of the podcast, as you can tell We're by what's going to happen in today's podcast. We're always prepared, definitely prepared. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, there are films out at the moment. Um, that we kind of just don't want to go and see at all and don't want to talk about. <coughs> Fast um, and Furious. Fast and Furious. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I thought it would be a good idea, since we're in the double digits now for the podcast, and this is going to be episode 13, yes, um, Yes. that we should actually finally discuss about who you and I are, what oh. we do, how we Ooh. met, and the reason why we're talking about We Talk Film. What? On we talk film, we talk wait, films. On we talk film. Wait, what, we're doing where, a where, podcast. How? We're doing a podcast. Who's gonna play oh. me? <laughs> if you don't get that reference, go and watch last week's ep- podcast. Um, we've talked about the Muppets Mayhem. It was still a great show, and Whoa. I went to go back and watch episodes of it, and it's still amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we talk. So us. we talk us is oh, going man. to be the, the title of this week's podcast because we're gonna talk about us how. Clayton and I met, which wasn't that too long ago in the grand scheme of things. 
Why don't Why don't you take um, it away, Barry? Tell the story. We're gonna. So, a long, long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away, about four months ago in Northbridge. Yeah. Yeah. So four months ago in Northbridge, Clayton and I basically have started um, studying for a diploma of screaming in media at yeah. North Metropolitan TAFE in Perth, WA. That's where that's where we are. And mm-hmm. yeah, that's how you and I met. I'm pretty sure, yeah, we met day one there. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like most people. And then we obviously but we met yeah, day one. No, <laughs> no. It was it was probably something relating to films anyway, because oh, you know yeah, the probably. course of it all. I think yeah. it was something related to what's your favorite film and stuff like that. And then I, you obviously had your pop yeah, fiction shirt on. I did. <laughs> I remember we got stuck with Ben talking about Star Wars. I remember that was quite a Yes. Big, I remember that. Yes, that was quite a detailed thing, which is yeah, still it went quite on a detailed thing. Anytime hour. we discuss <laughs> Star Wars, is it just goes forever. Look at us. We still discuss Star Wars. Look at us. We still discuss Star Wars, but now we do it as a podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so oh, obviously, yeah. yeah, Clayton and I are studying, or still currently studying for a diploma of screen mm-hmm. and media. Um, we are currently students doing that. And so what 13 weeks ago now you had the grand idea of like hey who wants to do a podcast and then i was the idiot that was just like yeah i'll do it i'll help (laughs) you fool you agreed to it god damn it yeah yeah i agreed to it well i did come up with the name after also True. You came up with the name True. and you've regretted every week since. <laughs> I do. Oh, no. Well, today we're not We Talk Film. We Talk Us, Barry. Well, this we comes talk from us. the heart, not from it the It comes head. from the heart. Well, that's the thing. For going for 13 weeks now and doing a podcast with you, it's been pretty good, great 13 weeks. Not going to lie. Yeah. Well, I mean, we've had like some- Actually doing this consistently yeah. has been good. It's been fun. And we've had some great movies come out in those 13 weeks. We haven't had any oh, yes. bad movies. It's been great. No. Yeah. Or at least none we haven't seen. No. Cough, Fast and Furious, cough. <laughs> but like. <laughs> <laughs> and no, obviously, yeah, that's got to change in the upcoming weeks because there are better films coming out um, starting this week as well. But that's yeah. obviously future podcast environments and everything yeah. like that. Um, so, yeah, I thought it'd be a good idea because since we are students that are currently studying to make film and all that type of stuff and TV shows, whatever we want to do in the future and stuff like that. What actually inspired us to get into this industry? Why, why are we here? Why are we talking about film? (laughs) Why are we talk film? (laughs) Why are we talk film? So I gave Clayton one of the most impossible lists you could ever write up for a person that is a film enthusiast. So basically what Clayton and I have written up for today's episode is kind of like a top 10 list of uh, most like influential slash inspiring films to us as filmmakers, what up and coming filmmakers um, that made us want to do this type of thing that made us want to go and learn how to do all this, that made us want to do a podcast talking about film and all the fun stuff. So without further ado, I think I'll let you go first, Clayton, with your list because I've been talking quite a bit about everything (laughs) and um, yeah, we can just slowly discuss each film and we can go from there, man. Oh, yeah, sure. I mean, you asked me to come up with this list, like, what, like an hour and a half ago? <laughs> yeah, it wasn't too much time beforehand. <laughs> I was like, here, come up with the hardest list you could ever think of in an yep, hour before yep. the podcast. I'm like, Barry, yep. you're you're insane. <laughs> <laughs> I am insane. That's why people love oh, me. <laughs> it makes for good entertainment. That's all that I It sure does. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well. 
I, I put them in somewhat of an order. The list could probably be array, rearranged. Um, apart from my number yep, one, yep. that's set in stone. But everything Okay, so below- let's start from number 10 and let's work yeah. our way down. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, a good yeah. way. So um, I'm going to kick off number 10 with a film from 2009, a film that's heavily inspired some of the short films that I've made during my TAFE course. Uh, it's called District 9. Ah, yes, by Neil, by Neil Blomkamp. Yeah. yeah. That I, is a very phenomenal film. I it, love that film. So I've never oh, – it's up there with the films when you watch it, you think you're going into something and it's completely different than what you expect it to be. And oh, yeah. The, yep. the longer it goes on, the more addicted to it you get and you can't yeah. predict what's going to happen next. It's really well done. It's just such an entertaining, well, it- unique film. It is. And, like, I watched it probably a month ago or something like that because mm-hmm. I just love Neil Blogcamp's work. Like, oh, really even good. though Chappie and Elysium get kind of downvoted a bit, I still love him quite a bit, like what he mm-hmm. creates and everything like that. Um, but, yeah, District 9 is still definitely the best one that he's done. But yeah. just that, that whole world and what he thought of and everything like that is just, like, that is such a creative, like, sci-fi theme that he's done. Um, that I still haven't seen that's been replicated in that way. Like he has his own very unique way of how he did that film. Yeah. And it's I mean, still, that's yeah. the thing. It still, it still holds up to like today's standard. And that's the thing. What? 2009. Mm-hmm. Like, damn. I remember seeing that at cinemas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. No, it was one of the yep. first films that I owned on DVD. It was nice. Crazy. So I, yeah, I picked it up. I'm like, this is awesome. It's a crazy movie. And he's working on District 10. It's very slowly production, Ooh. apparently. Uh, they okay. might be stuck in a little bit of production hell, but yeah. apparently it's being worked on. So, well, hopefully he can recapture well, that, the magic of the first one in that. Yeah, it would be nice to see a continuation of that because that's the thing. Yeah. They did, like, kind of lead off at the end of the film where he was, like, became the full, like, creature alien thing. Fucking prawn. Um, the, the prawn, <laughs> that's right. That's what they call them. Prawns. So, like, they they could. They could. They could. Um, I would like to see more of that world anyway hmm. that he has created. So I'm really, fingers crossed, that they, we do yeah. see something. Like I said, very, that. very unique, very just different movie. I don't think there's anything like it, and that's why I rate it so highly. That's why it's on my top ten list. It's like dude made something new, and it was awesome. Um, yeah, yeah. All right. And uh, all right, shall I go to my number nine? Let's go to number nine, man. All right. Well, uh, going back in time to 1991. Barry remembers it well. (laughs) I do remember this year well. Back in my day. (laughs) Uh, Well, um, see, these these two two fellas got together and made a film. I don't know if you've heard of them. Uh, One of them was named Joel. The other was named Ethan. I think they were brothers (laughs) or something. Oh, yeah, maybe something like that. Something like that. Anyway, they made a film called Barton Fink. Have you seen? Uh-huh. Have you seen? I have this not seen it. I've heard of it. I have watched clips of it, but I have never actually had time to fully watch it yet. Oh boy, this film got me into writing, man. This film made me <laughs> want to write movies because it's about a Hollywood writer who's trying to make a movie, and he's trying to write a movie, and um, he moves into this apartment next door to John Goodman, and there's a whole bunch of wacky shit that happens. But it was so yep, entertaining. Yep. I loved it. <laughs> it was nice, really nice. Well done. It's. Probably my second favorite Coen Brothers film, and it's one that doesn't get brought up, like, ever. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, you don't hear it too often no. about that film. 
Um, well, what's your first favorite Coen Brothers film? Was that on the list? Well, that's coming up. That's coming oh, okay, up. Okay, that's coming up. Okay, okay, I'll leave it. I'll leave it. <laughs> but like, what on. makes this film like for you anyway? Besides the writing, just like so unique. To it? is it just the writing style to it, or yeah, I mean, the is whole, it just the, the the story to it? Yeah, the whole movie itself felt really just different. You get hooked into this world. It's very uncanny in the way that it presents everything. It's kind of yep. like you're seeing everything from the writer's perspective. Everything's kind of wacky. I'd compare it a little bit to the Nicolas Cage film adaptation. A little bit. Uh, okay. It's like if you took the yep. writing side of that a little bit more rather than rather than the whole wacky back and forth stuff, but um, just followed the writer. And it was such a really great movie. The performances in it are awesome. John Goodman, this is probably my favorite role of his. He plays the neighbor in it. Uh, okay. What happens with his character, I don't want to spoil it. It's crazy. It's like probably one of the one of my favorite twists in any Coen Brothers film is what happens to John Goodman's character. So I highly yeah. recommend you watch this movie because it's really yeah, good. Yeah, I'm definitely going to have to now since it's on your top 10 list. Oh yeah. Um yeah, that's the thing. Like I've I've heard about it before and I've heard like mixed reviews on it for like mm-hmm. since it's been out and stuff like that from different people. Like some people like that's the thing with like the Coen Brothers stuff. Either people really love it or they really just don't like it at yeah. all. There's like no in between. I've never <laughs> met a person that's like, eh, type thing. It's either like, I just don't like it or it's like, it's really amazing. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah. No, I yeah. had that. I had that same thing last night when I watched uh, Moonrise Kingdom, the Wes Anderson film for the first time, right? Yeah. I yeah, watched yeah, it yep. with my family. Everyone else hated it. They were like, this is awful. <laughs> <laughs> this is a stupid movie. I'm like, look how cool it looks. I love it. I love the style. Oh, oh my God. It's amazing. And yeah, everyone else was like, I hate it. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. Yeah, it's similar to that. And that brings me to my number eight, segueing in. It's Wes Anderson. Whoa, it's, <gasps> it's from 2014. It's the Grand Budapest Hotel. Yes. Oh, it's so very good. good. It's so, so good. good. So good. This Actually, is, it's still yeah. not my favorite film of his. My really? favorite film of his is um, Fantastic Mr. Fox. And I can say oh, that because yeah. it's not on my list either. No, that's so, I love Fantastic Mr. Fox. Yeah. That's, that's well done. <laughs> Fantastic Mr. Fox is one of my favorite animated movies. It's so well done. Oh, yeah. Like, that's yeah. addictive. And then this, apart from Fantastic Mr. Fox, was my first live action Wes Anderson experience. And watching this movie, uh, obviously, okay. anything else except Fantastic, it was like yep. eye opening, man. I mean, I based my entire assessment film. On this guy's work. On Wes- <laughs> yeah, you did. I you did. essentially did. I've seen it. <laughs> you have seen it. And yeah, because I just, I love it so much. Something so visually appealing about the way the guy makes movies. It just, it hooks me in and I'm addicted. I can't, oh, yeah. yeah. I, can't, I can't escape it, man. The more I see, the more I'm like, <laughs> I, I love it. I don't know why, but I do. <laughs> it's just so good. Yeah. I feel like oh. with your films and like the way you make things and everything like that, I've started to pick up now with like a lot of the shorts we filmed is very like um, artsy style, very much like yeah. like their own unique way of positioning the camera and not following kind of like what we get taught what to do and stuff like <laughs> that. You kind of want to have like a very artistical shot for your scenes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can see I can see that a lot in your work on the little shorts that we've made for TAFE mm. and everything like that. 
Yeah, um, I mean, obviously I just because you're inspired the by want, the Coen yeah. brothers and obviously Wes Anderson as well. Are, so. They're my top two favorite filmmakers of all time. Those two, and yeah, yeah, you can see because yeah, everything I make is kind of inspired by those guys. <laughs> it's like, yep, yep. <laughs> do whatever the hell I want. I love it. Oh, and then all right. Uh, should I go to my number seven now? No. Yeah, number seven. All right, this is going to bring it back. This is my favorite Coen Brothers one at number seven from 1998. It's called The Big Lebowski. Maybe you've heard of it. Yay! <laughs> dude. No, it's the, the dude. dude. <laughs> Mr. Lebowski. Yeah. The dude, man. I just want to find the guy who uh, yes. my rug. <laughs> oh, that is uh, phenomenal. Phenomenal. Want to go bowling? Oh, I want to go bowling? I've um I because oh, apparently what they're trying to make or potentially make a second one. Ooh, I hope not. Yeah, I, I hope not. Um, this is a perfect yeah, movie. Obviously, it is, but that's the thing. Like obviously Jeff Bridges in it, who's a phenomenal actor, oh, absolutely so phenomenal. And I didn't obviously like see the Big Lebowski until probably five years ago. Okay, yeah, fair. Um, because that's the thing, like. I was like, oh, it's kind of like a bit quirky. It is about this guy called the dude. And I was just going to think it was like yeah. a comedy thing. And um, that's the thing. Jeff Bridges to me, like all the other stuff I've seen him was like super serious and yeah, everything yeah. like that. I had no kidding around films up to that point. And I was just like, holy shit. Like, yeah. this is amazing. This well, is I mean, perfect. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> well, he is the only serious actor in it. He's the only serious person in this movie. And everyone yes. else around him is just wacky and whimsical and just so extravagant in the weirdest of ways i mean the nihilists that must be exhausting like yes <laughs> so good i've rewatched this movie maybe half a dozen times since i first saw it i just nice I, nice I yeah it's definitely one yeah. of those films where you could just like keep watching it and it's still mm-hmm. like you're gonna find something you're gonna pick up on oh, like yeah. you didn't watch it before like yeah i've probably watched it four times by now Mm-hmm. And this is like each time I've watched, it, I've always like seen something new or a joke mm-hmm. that they've said or set up. And I was like, ha, yep, yep. That makes sense. Like I get it now. <laughs> Such a good movie. Yeah. I can, I can rewatch this movie as many times as I want and never get sick of it. And speaking of movies, I can rewatch a billion times without getting sick of my number six is from 1979. This is the oldest film on my list. And uh, it's called uh, Monty Python's The Life of Brian. Hey! <laughs> yeah. Oh man, it's their best movie. It's one of the greatest comedies ever made. It's so well done. I love it. It is so well done. It that is, so is well done. still the Monty Python stuff. I would love to see like a, a modern day version of that type of like comedy. Oh yeah. Idea. What what mm-hmm. they did. Obviously, like you can't replicate it now and everything like that. No. Um, but all comedy films now and stuff like that, they're not made with the type of comedy that they did for, like, even the Holy Grail. Yeah. And um, mm-hmm. what was um, the other one they did? Uh, um, Meaning of Life. Meaning of Life. Yeah. Um, even Meaning of Life, I actually very much enjoy as well. Like, they had a lot of good subtle jokes. So anything from Monty Python, like, just that area of <laughs> area yeah. of comedy that they were able to replicate, what they are able to do. And as well, this is, like, such small budgets for all their I films. Know. That half of them are funded the meaning by of life. members of the Beatles. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and this one is just their best work. It's just so funny. It, it is. holds up really well. It oh, sure does. I love that movie, man. 
I have all of the um, Monty on DVD, just all of the movies. Yeah, so obviously yeah. the people that don't know about um, Life of Brian, we can probably just give a bit of a spoiler for it. Yeah, it's sure. basically like their own retelling of Jesus Christ, which is the <laughs> oldest story in history, I suppose. Um, yeah, but instead of Jesus, um, it's and the yes, guy that was it's, born it's next Jesus door. Jesus, Brian. Brian. <laughs> <laughs> they named him Brian. Brian. Um, but yeah. A man called Brian. <laughs> and just like the whole, like, what's a spaceship scene and everything like that. It's oh, like, yeah. it's so wacky to go back and like watch those films, <laughs> um, especially like how films are made now and everything like that. But they're still so good just because of the jokes and how they were setting up things for it. I'm um, just so like, quotable. comedy like reached a peak and that was Monty Python. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's such a good movie, man. All right. Well, ooh, should I go to my number five? Number five. Number five. This one probably won't surprise you, as it was the shirt that I wore on the first day we met. Whoa! It's Pulp Fiction. Whoa! Getting meta. Nineteen ninety four. Oh, no, I, I, I didn't think that would be in your top ten at all. You know, I thought that really? would be in your like down near a hundred somewhere. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm oh, joking. No, it's my favorite Tarantino movie. It. It's it holds up so well, and again, it's just so different to everything else. You've had movies that have yep. tried to emulate it, but nothing has been as good as this. Nothing's hit this hit this mark like this film did. It's crazy. It's crazy, man. Crazy. So, how old were you when you first watched Pulp Fiction? Was it a recent thing? Was it like when you were like eight? No. Like, oh, it's the Holy Grail, man. <laughs> uh, I probably watched it when I was like twelve, thirteen, maybe fourteen. Around about then? Yep, 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 yep. You know, in high school sort of area. And then, yeah, yeah. Um, I think my dad was just like, yo, check out this movie. See if you like it. Because I think I watched Reservoir Dogs first. That was like ah, the introduction. Okay. He was like, hey, check this out. You yep. will like this. And I loved Reservoir Dogs. I was like, this is awesome. I've got to know what happens next. in this. Like, what did he do next? And it was like, oh, here's Pulp yeah. Fiction. This will spin you out even more. And I'm like, wait. <laughs> Next thing you know, I'm wearing yeah. a t-shirt. It's like. <laughs> <laughs> Next thing you know, I'm actually John Travolta. Oh, my God. It's like face-off. <laughs> it is a terrible movie. No, but, yeah, um, Pulp Fiction oh, definitely yeah. does hold up um, quite a lot still. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And I actually do want to go back and watch it because it's the cast as well for it. Like, that's what, like, kicked off Samuel Jackson's career. Yeah. Really. And, and like John Travolta and Bruce Travolta? Willis as well. That's right. Yeah. Bruce Willis was in it. Um, yeah. And was it Uma Thurma? That was Uma her Thurman? first one. Yeah. Thurman? Yep. Yep, yep, yep. So, no, phenomenal, phenomenal film. Good soundtrack as well. <laughs> oh, great. All of the Tarantino movies have great soundtracks. I love it. Yeah. But, yeah, no, Pulp yep, Fiction yep. just outdoes everything else. Outdoes everything it else. It does. Yeah. It does. Oh, okay. Number four. Number this, four. This is a movie from 2010. This is by one of my other favorite filmmakers of all time, Mr. Taika Waititi. Oh, Taika Waititi. I heard he did a Marvel movie or something. but um, Yeah, Yeah, he's done something. His masterpiece was 2010's Boy. You really love Boy. Like, you're always talking about Boy. Because it's so good. It's (laughs) it's the only (laughs) one of his movies that have nailed yep. the story and heartfelt element above everything else. Like, even something like Jojo Rabbit, I'm like, meh, story, story, still kind of mm, wacky. 
Whereas this one feels yep. real. This one works and fits and it draws you in and makes you care about these characters like no other film from this sort of <clears throat> excuse me, from this sort of era and director does. I mean, it blends comedy and drama in a way that I have never really seen in a movie before. I love it. Nice. Nice. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. a great movie. Yeah. Well, that's the thing because, yeah, you're always like referring to it when we're like writing stuff or anything like that mm-hmm. or just talking about Taika Waititi. You're just like, boy, boy, I love boy. Boy, boy is the best thing ever made. Um, yeah, because I strongly uh, yeah. believe it's one of the best written movies just because. Oh, yeah. It is well it phenomenally works. written. Oh, like yeah. how well like that actually was written and everything like that for it. Um, like I've only watched it once. Um, might have to go back and watch it again because I probably did watch it back in 2010. So <laughs> that's over 13 years ago. <laughs> yeah. no, it's it's a really um, good movie. Yeah. 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 There's a reason. I remember uh, bits and pieces of it. So yeah, it's really quotable. I mean, me and James, who was on our Last of Us podcast, we quote it back and forth to each other every now and then. He loves that movie. <laughs> we put on our fake Kiwi accents and talk to each other. Yep, yep, yep. It's just, it's one of those movies that just stick with you. Yeah. I don't know if that was just me, but it feels like, yeah, it feels like this movie just hooks onto you and doesn't leave. And it's really annoying because I love it so much. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. That's that's the yeah, whole point of this list. That was what we're doing today. You know, like all these films that I wanted to talk about today was something that was meant to be like every, it's like what you would, suggest two people to go and watch yep like type thing and that's the thing like you, you love that film so much so like you want to talk about it and yeah. that's the thing like i will probably go and rewatch it again now because that's the thing like it has been 13 years since i've i've watched it <laughs> yeah, um cool. let's go um so yeah no it's good to hear it's good to hear like mm-hmm. you do enjoy that film so much because that's the thing i don't hear a lot of people talking about that film i know of the film no, no. Uh, a lot of people actually don't know about that film yeah it's surprising to me because Everyone knows Taika Waititi. I mean, he did two Marvel movies. He did Jojo Rabbit, which won him the Oscar, I think. Yes, uh, yep, yep, yep. So it's, people know those, but people don't know any of this other stuff. And this is 10 times better than those movies. It's like this one outshines yeah. everything. It's like, why is no one talking about it? Let's spread yeah. the word, man. Yeah. Spread the word of boy. Go and watch boy. <laughs> Even though yeah. I'll be like Kratos and be like, more, more, boy. more, more. <laughs> Come watch boy. Pretty much. All yeah, right. we'll just get the voice actor that did Kratos. You know, we'll say boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Well, now we're at my top three. I tried top three. I tried to pick movies that we haven't really talked about on here, or movies that just yep. really stick with me, like no other. Yep. And number three is no exception. This is from 1988, and it's the only animated film on my list. This is Ooh. Akira. Akira. <laughs> Get out Akira. of my head. <laughs> Get out of my head. Yeah, that is oh, a phenomenal man. film. And that's the thing. It's kind of funny mm-hmm. that you obviously mentioned Taika Waititi before mm-hmm. um, because mm-hmm. he still wants to make a live action version of this film. Yeah. Which I'm still a bit like. I don't want him to do uh, that. <laughs> as much as I love him, I don't want him to. This is a perfect yeah. movie. You can't. Oh, it is. That. This is my favorite yeah. anime movie. Like this, Ooh, I'd say I'd say anime okay. thing, but Cowboy anime? Bebop. Yep, yep. And then it's a oh yeah, Cowboy Bebop's like all yeah. the way up there for me. Like <laughs> yeah. Bebop's like if we're talking about like just anything media wise, man, it's like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. all the way to the moon and back. <laughs> if we did a TV show ranking, Cowboy Bebop would be number one for me. 
So. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> Number one for me definitely as well. Oh, wow. <laughs> Look at us agreeing on things. This is what happens when we well, that's talk the thing. Past. This is what you don't see behind the scenes of the podcast, but um, Clayton and I actually have webcams when we talk to one another. And mm. behind my webcam is an entire wall dedicated, and you can maybe see it through the arcade <laughs> machine, Clayton, is actually oh, a wall dedicated to Cowboy Bebop. It's an entire what? wall, like with merchandise, everything. Uh, I've got a Spike Spiegel yeah. <laughs> pop vinyl behind me. Does that count? <laughs> yeah, that counts. <laughs> yeah, that's my whole wall. It's sitting atop of my yeah. stack of Star Trek The Next Generation DVDs. So much so that the most expensive book I have ever purchased is an art book from Japan that is a Cowboy People art book and is all in Japanese too. <laughs> you can't even read it. <laughs> and you can't even read it. But at least it's got oh, pictures, Jerry. so that's nice. You just look at the pictures. <laughs> I look at the pictures. Yeah. So no Acura. That's what we were talking about. Yeah, from 1998. Nothing holds up to this movie. Again, I watched it uh, like recently when I got into anime. When I started getting into into that, I watched Acura and then I watched Cowboy Bebop and I started getting into like My Hero Academia and a bunch of other stuff like that. And all that. Yeah, all that. But Acura has stuck stuck with me like nothing else. And I think it's also because I still kind of don't understand what happens in it <laughs> like i get it yeah you get it but it, you kind of don't but get i don't it. know i don't know if i get it it's like oh, okay. okay so this this happens because of this and this is this but is it wait yeah <laughs> it's yeah. like well that's it, this is the thing uh, i've watched that film probably a good like over 20 times over the past yeah. 20 years and even i'm still like what, what's going on? <laughs> like, yeah. what, what was this meant to be all about? <laughs> I know. And it's so it's such a cool world. I love the motorcycle. Oh, yeah. The opening segment with the motorcycle chase and all the bar and city stuff is probably yep. one of my favorite segments in media history. Like, in oh, yeah. anything. Just that opening Just that segment. entire world and that animation style oh, is just... Yeah. It's so good. It's mm-hmm. so good. I often go back and just watch the first 10 minutes of Acura because it's just so good. <laughs> I don't have time to watch the movie. I'll just watch the first 10 minutes and be like, yeah, I love this. Yep, yep. Nice, <laughs> oh, nice. So good. All right, so what's number two, man? Oh, number two. This is from 2011. Um, I, I don't know if you knew this, but I starred in this movie. I was the main actor in this movie. Uh, it's called Drive. Oh, started? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. No, no, no. Like I, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's so definitely this, you. Definitely yeah, you. I see the me. resemblance already. My first, my, uh, <laughs> one of my first acting roles. Yeah, I was uh, the guy in the white jacket with the with the toothpick. No, it, um, Ryan Gosling stars in this movie. And yep. Oh boy, I did not know what I was getting into when I watched this movie. <laughs> like, oh yes, I got the. Well, DVD here's the thing. Funny, at, funny oh, enough. Yeah. Before we, before you start going. Okay. Okay. This is the one film that you've talked about that is also on my list. What? <laughs> really? This is the only but not one. as high up. N- not as high okay. up though. Um, oh. Like it's still a phenomenal, phenomenal film. Um, mm-hmm. I remember, to, yeah, going see this at cinemas and everything like that. But obviously, yeah, you talk about it. It's your film. Yeah. Oh, 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 yep. Okay. Well, it's on your list too. <laughs> but like, <laughs> I'm honestly surprised that. On your, I kind of tried to not pick anything you'd pick, and I'm surprised you picked this one. But I'm honest. Like, yep. But yeah, no, I get it. Um, I picked up this movie for $2 at a garage sale on DVD. $2? $2 for Drive? A, oh, that's a sad. A brand new DVD. It was never used or opened. 
Oh, like, I suppose that's good. And you, I knew, to, you forgot to watch it. You knew nothing about it. <laughs> I literally no knew one knows about nothing it. about this film. Yeah, no one knows nothing about this film still. Like I, like, it's I, so yeah. strange. I like it's it got Ryan it Gosling cool. in it. <laughs> yeah, no, I grabbed it. I'm like, this looks cool. What's this? I have no idea. I've never heard anything about it. Didn't look up anything. Yep. Knew nothing. Watched it with my family, and we were like, that was so different. You, I wasn't yeah. expecting it. The start of the movie, you're like this getaway chase, and you're like, okay, this is going to be like one of those generic action movies. And then it starts playing Kavinsky's Night Call with the weird, like, futuristic text in the city, and it's oh yes, changes. And that, as soon as that song started playing, I'm like, I'm in, I'm in for something special. Like this is going to well, be that's good. That's the thing. Yeah, let's just talk about this film for yeah, a yeah, second, yeah. Uh, because obviously it's on both my list. So I'll say what number is on my list now. So it was number eight on my list. Oh, okay. Like er- everything I have on my list is like ten, well, eleven out of ten on my list. Like I recommend <laughs> these to anyone, um, and they're always interchanging what level they actually are. So oh, yeah, normally I'll sure. rate all these ones pretty, pretty high up. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is the thing, right? This came back in 2011, so everyone knew who Ryan Gosling was by then because of Notebook and everything like that. Oh yeah. But yep. here's the other thing as well. This has Brian Cranston in it, it Oscar does. Isaac, Christina Hendricks, uh-huh. Albert Brooks, Ron yep. Perlman. Mm-hmm. This has such a big cast of film in it, and still oh, today, man. how many people I like suggest this film? Or talk about this film, and they're like, "I've never, never heard of it before." I know. And I'm just like, "What? What?" And that's the it's was done on a budget of fifteen million dollars. You can obviously tell it's a very low budget, um, yeah. but it is. I love it. Phenomenal. Because oh, actually, man. funnily enough, I only watched this two days ago. Really? Oh, <laughs> I watched I it on Friday. It. I might have to watch it tonight because I love this movie. It is the one film that I will go back and watch like every few months. Wow. Um. Yeah. Oh, well, most of these films that I have on my list today, like I will go back and watch regularly, like as a yeah. TV series, like or as an episode type thing, just because <laughs> I love them so much. But yeah, Drive is yeah so great. Even one of the first ever like shorts. Um, do you ever remember back on um YouTube there was time where like people would make machinima animations like oh, using a video yep, game yep, yep, yep. and stuff like. That. So back when GTA Five first came out, so. Over a decade now, <laughs> obviously, when they added in like um, the director mode or something to oh, it, where you could yeah, start yep, like yep. recording things and like that. The first ever short that I actually did was <laughs> kind of like a drive, was inspired by Drive. Wow. Um, thing I did because I remember going, I actually watched this film at the cinemas with my father, and I was just like, I was blown away by it. Like, this was yeah, one of those films where it was just like, I, I, want, I want to get into filmmaking to make something like this. And just like watching it the other day now, because um, I haven't watched it probably since the end of last year. And since we've learned so much stuff in this past year because of our course and stuff like that, I've like picked up more on the subtle details to it and what they've actually yeah, done and yeah. story writing. And, and I've actually read the script for it as well. And it's just like, this is so well done. Like every single beat of it counts. Every single camera shot just, mm-hmm. just is amazing for it. How they represent it, what kind of like camera angles they're using. They go from like using a 35 mil to like a 65 mil. And it's just, it's mind blowing. <laughs> it's, it's amazing how well put together it is. Uh, but I couldn't name the director. Who's the director of Drive? Can you name them? Uh, the name? director of Drive is Nicholas Winding Refn. I don't you see what else have they done because uh, he has not done too much yeah. or not much I've heard of anyway. So he's done the Crazy. neon demon pusher. Never Only God forgives no. Copenhagen cowboy. Yeah. Drive pusher Two. No. too old to die young is his most recent film. Never heard of any of those except drive. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Which is crazy because, yeah, this is an amazing put-together masterpiece, I call it, you know? It um, is. It, it this is, yeah, one of those films that is really, this, yeah, a masterpiece. Yeah, really funny uh, is my car that my character has in GDA Online is modeled after the, his car in Drive. Which is really Fuck funny yeah. that you mentioned that because I was like, hang on a minute, I did the exact same thing, but it's just my car. <laughs> yep, yep. Like, hell yeah. Oh, so good. No, but, um, oh boy, number one. Number one. This would have been a hard pick. No. No. No, no, no. it's not. It's, it's weird because this film has been my number one for ages since I watched it. Okay. No okay. film has stuck with me at a personal level as much as this film. Uh, it's from 2016. Right. Again, one that I Ooh. picked up on DVD without knowing anything about it. <laughs> yep. No, yep. no, sorry, it wasn't on DVD. Um, I watched no? it on a streaming app because it was really high rated. It had like an 8.6 IMDb or something, or an 8.7. Oh, okay. It was really high. Yep. It was in the top 50 films. In and I'm like, I've never heard of this. What is this? Who are these unknown people in this movie? And I watched it, and I'm like. My God, <laughs> like, <laughs> it, it, it's one of the, it's probably one of the films that made me want to make movies. Yep. Yep. It is. Oh man. It's so crazy. Um, it's called uh, Sing Street from 2016. Hey. Mm-hmm. I've mentioned it many <laughs> yep. times. You have mentioned this uh, many a times oh, and I still need to get around to actually watching it. It's <laughs> so good. It's basically just. This kid in the 80s forms a band to impress a girl. That's kind of the story. That's kind of the story? That's kind of the basic story. But as it goes along, it just gets so, I don't know, so real. It just like it fit into this world. And it was amazing because I was also forming a band with my friends at the exact same time that I watched this movie and was kind of going through the events of the film. And it's also, I don't want to spoil it, but the film doesn't have a happy ending. Oh, it has, it much has, like all my films. <laughs> <laughs> no, it has like a, you don't know what's going to happen next ending, but it's implied to be bad. Oh, uh, okay. Yep. It's one of the only films that have made me cry. It's the only film that Damn. because of the ending. Yeah. And it doesn't even yep. show you what happens. Like, <laughs> oh, it's mental. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, no, I've definitely been movie. wanting to watch this film because it's on Stan for people mm-hmm, that want to go and watch this and that. Because ever since, yeah, you talked about it, I think it was like maybe a couple weeks in between you and us first meeting. Um, yeah. You were like, oh, you should go and watch this film. Well, you start talking about it. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, what's the film that? And you're like, Sing Street. And I was like, oh, cool. I'll get around to watching it. And now I finally got Stan as of oh. recently because I didn't have that before um, until a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I was like, ah, oh, I'll put it to the list. I actually yeah, might well, go and no watch it tonight potentially. It. You should. Yeah. You should do that because, yeah, no one's heard of it. No one's seen it. Uh, it won heaps of awards because it's an Irish film. Not many yep, people have yep. seen it. Not many Irish films get out there unless you're like in Bruges or something. You know, it's like. Yeah. yeah. Very nice. And that's the thing. Obviously, you're like you're going through like building your band at the same time mm-hmm. as well. So you're like you do have that emotional yeah. attachment to it. And yeah. I feel like that's like almost like a good thing when like you do have like your favorite films. Like you do have something you can kind of latch onto yeah. around that same time. And everything for it. Um, oh, not too much of my number one, but you, you know, like I it's, hope it's, not. I know yeah. what yours are going to be. 
<laughs> yep, yep. A lot of people know what mine gonna be. Um, obviously, people are not on the podcast though. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, definitely, definitely, um, great film that I do want to watch. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's good to hear that you have that emotional attachment that you did get inspired by it to make films and everything yeah. like that. And hopefully, one day you can make something more I phenomenal than that. I, you know, I, yeah. I suppose that's, I, that's the grand plan for us doing this course and trying to make films and short films and just as much stuff as we can mm-hmm. is to make something that's so impactful to someone like these films have been for you and I like drive and everything like that um, to, to do all of that. So that's, that's kind of what we want to do. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I suppose we should get to my list then. I suppose we should. So we should. Um, <laughs> this might be a bit long of a podcast, but we'll see no, how things we'll see go. go. doesn't matter. So my list is, well, like, yeah. Very hard to do. I could go on for many, many more. Um, But yeah, yeah, these films. Oh, yeah, for sure. There's way too many good films out there. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Some of mine are very iconic. Some of them are not. Some of them I just enjoy because it's, I just enjoy. (laughs) And obviously wanted me to become a filmmaker and everything like that. So we'll start with my number 10. Now, this is probably the most classic film of all time that has inspired many, many, Oh. Filmmakers Ratatouille? since it's originated. Ratatouille? Yes, Ratatouille. <laughs> no. Um, oh. So a small film, you might have heard of it, called The Star Wars. <laughs> the Star Wars? Whoa. The Star Wars. Which one? The so Star one? Wars A New Hope, 1977. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I remember oh, yeah. being four years old, watching this on VHS, mm-hmm. and it was at my grandparents' place because, yeah, they had a copy of it. And that was then and there where I fell in love with movies, mm-hmm. watching watching this film. This is what made me fall in love with watching films all my life. Yeah, I'm probably in the um, same boat. Yeah. This was like such a surreal experience. And it's one of the earliest memories I have type thing mm-hmm. of being like, like, holy shit, like there's this kid almost and he's got a laser sword and he goes up against this evil guy and there's oh, another man. old man. And it's just like, that's <laughs> ah, phenomenal. And that's the thing. It still so holds cool. up. There's a reason why Star Wars is like such a big franchise as it yeah. is today mm-hmm. is because of this one film. Like you go and ask how many like filmmakers now that like grew up as kids watching and went to go and see Star Wars. And like, they like, this is the reason why I'm making films is because of this film. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense. It's a gr- it's one of it the greatest sense. films ever made. It's awesome. It is. It is. So, so I had to put it on my top 10 list. That's fair. It, I was it, debating doing that. So I'm glad yeah, you did. Yeah. <laughs> so number nine is a film that came out in 2016. It is based upon a comic book character that I am very fond of. And I have a lot of, a lot of stuff relating to this comic book character. So in 2016, a small film of a guy in a red and black suit came out called Deadpool mm. <laughs> where everyone was just like, what the fuck is this shit? <laughs> I remember the promoting and everything for this film. So obviously Clayton, you know, and a lot of people in my life know that I am very fond of the Deadpool character. I have oh, been really? fond I didn't know. of Deadpool since I was a wee lad, a very wee lad <laughs> because someone, when I was like really small, I, I love Spider-Man. Obviously grew up on the Trey McGuire Guy Spider-Man films had a Spider-Man suit even back then and had Spider-Man oh, comics. Man. And then I think I was around six, seven, something like that. Someone gifted me um, a bunch of like comic books and obviously it was meant to be Spider-Man, but obviously they picked one of them was wrong 
and one of them was a Deadpool comic <laughs> oh, uh, no. because they thought it looked the same. And so this is when the deep cycle of <laughs> interest <laughs> into this character went. Um, so yeah, like yeah. growing up since then and everything like that, reading Deadpool comics, I have, or I'm trying to get all of the Deadpool comics ever made. That is my grand collection of things. Um, I think I'm like 70% now. Jesus. At the moment, um, I have so many Deadpool-related merchandise stuff. I have a life-size costume of Deadpool <laughs> in my house. Yeah, <laughs> <Not> a mannequin. <laughs> kind of scary. Not gonna lie, it is kind of scary. Uh, I've even oh. got like the hot toys, all the hot toys, Deadpool stuff. So many pops, Jesus. so many things, so many figures. Just, yeah. just everything Deadpool. Anything like I see of Deadpool. I even ordered some Deadpool shoes last night as well from DC. <laughs> so like anything Deadpool, oh, I will man. get. It is the one thing I'm just like, I'm getting that. It's Deadpool. I'm, I'm getting like, it's an obsession, yeah. even though like he's not my favorite comic book character or anything like that. There's just something about it. Um, who, who like the wackiness favorite, to his, uh, probably Batman. Oh, okay. Just like the stories and everything like that. Yeah. That's Still fair, Batman. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, just like the wack, the wackiness to Deadpool though, like always related to me. That probably explains why I am so wacky. Is because like reading Deadpool comics and stuff like that. And then when they announced, well, for years, I know Ryan Reynolds wanted to do a Deadpool movie for years, like a good decade. And oh, then yeah. we had X-Men, X-Men Origins come out with yeah. Ryan Reynolds in it. I mean, it was just horrible. I was so, <gasps> like, I'm pretty I sure I puked after seeing that. I love laughing um, at that movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then when they finally announced that they were going to make an actual dedicated Deadpool film, I'm pretty sure I cried <laughs> that day because <What? laughs> I was oh, so man. excited to being like, they're actually, they're actually going to do it. Like mm-hmm. I'm surprised because he's such like a B list characters when the comics, like the comics aren't great. Yeah. I'm telling you this right now. No. I have most of the collection. The comic Any stories more. are not good. <laughs> no. I've only read a but couple for me, of comics and yeah, they suck. Yeah, <laughs> they do. They do suck. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there is like a few good ones. Um, oh yeah, yeah of course. We'll tell you later on one day. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for me, he's just like that one comic book character where he's just been so influential to me. And I, I don't know why, just because of his wackiness and I'm kind of wacky. So, you know, it just molds. Yeah. I mean, when the movie was coming out, the only introduction I had to the character was from Marvel Ultimate Alliance 2 on the PlayStation 3. Yeah. He's in that. And have you ever looking- played the Deadpool game, the video I have, game? I have the Deadpool game on my shelf as well. Hey, it's I have so played good. that so many times. I think it's my most played game besides Halo. So. <laughs> oh, wow. No, but I, I, a video game introduced me to this quacky character, and I was like, who the hell is this? He's funny. What's he doing? And I'd never read a Deadpool comic. Then when the movie yep. came out, I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> this guy's awesome. Oh, yeah. Right? Yep. Oh, this is amazing. So good. So well done. And that's oh, why I'm so looking forward man. to, um, yeah, Deadpool 3, man, with yeah. Hugh Jackman coming back. At it. I'm so I'm so excited. Um, might have to wear the Deadpool suit for that one. Uh, <laughs> I'll dress up as Spider-Man. I'll go with you. Yeah. So, obviously, <laughs> number eight, we already discussed about it, was Drive 2011. Yeah. So, you know, phenomenal film. Now, here yeah. comes to the top seven. Now, oh, this okay. list is, well, from seven to four, it's always kind of interchanging between what level they are. And I know we've talked about my number seven before on the podcast, and I've Ooh. definitely spoken about it to you because this Rango. has probably been, oh, no, um, <laughs> my most influential on somewhat trying to get into filmmaking or actually my first ever production going back when I did machinima stuff, when I actually was making, did try to make with a company 
um, which have now gone under on YouTube, um, <laughs> an actual full series, episodic series based upon the idea of this film. So the film they're talking about Ooh. is The Town, 2010, directed okay. by Ben Affleck. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's basically him in Boston being a bank robber. Um, oh, okay. Haven't seen it. Yeah. So, yeah, Fisher and Gripper Thief, Rob Bank and Hold Claire, who's basically um, this lady. She works at the bank um, when they rob it. And so, that yeah, like Ben Affleck, Jeremy Renner, and they go rob the bank, and then basically they kidnap her as like ransom type thing, so like so they can get away. And then they're like, oh, should we kill her? And Ben Affleck's character is like, no, we'll just let her be free. But then what he ends up start doing, and this is like oh, kind okay. of the weirdest thing to it, he ends up like – liking her and then goes on dates with her and oh. stuff like that. And then they end up being together and stuff like that, <laughs> which is a bit, bit strange <laughs> in that regards. Like- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe a little bit. Um, but yeah, it's another film directed by Ben Affleck and actually written by Ben Affleck as well. And it's based in Boston, his hometown. And the thing is as well for this film, the research that he did, he actually went to bank robbers and stuff like that. And he robbed a to bank about- for the role? <laughs> <laughs> Almost. Um, but actually um, wanted to actually, like, know what they actually would do in real life scenarios, what they actually did. And he did so much research on it. And, like, so cool. uh, you, you have to get around to watching it. And, like, I, I know will, a lot of people, will, like, find it. It's a bit like, eh, type movie type thing. But to me, there's something about it still that is mm. so inspirational. And even as well, it's actually the reason of my past career choices is why I got into that. Was because of this film, <laughs> oh, I see, I see. Um, which we don't, which we don't talk about. Um, but it also has John Hamm in it as well, which I love. Hey. John Hamm, John Hamm's amazing. Yeah. So that's probably another reason why I love the film as well. And yeah, this is the story for it. I do enjoy the acting performances is on point, and it's just one of those films where it was like so, like how Ben Affleck directed it and created it, and it's so, it's so like kind of a simple film to follow as well. But it's just so perfectly done, in my opinion. Like it's just, it's just, yeah, it's so good just to go back and watch. Yeah, no, sounds cool. I'll um, I'll put it on my list. I'll have to check it yeah, out. Yeah. Ooh, what's um, next? Up? So number six. Um, oh. I only watched this probably a few years ago, but has become one of my favorite films of all time. Ooh, all the way two. back in two thousand and seven, there was a small film, a very small film, if I'm being honest, done by Paul Thomas Anderson. Um, which I absolutely love his films. This film is called There Will Be Blood, starring Daniel Day-Lewis, Paul Dano. And it's basically like about the oil days of America and everything like that. It is, if you want to watch a film where it's like, if you want to watch very good acting, like just solely on acting, watch this film. Okay. The performances by Daniel Day-Lewis and Paul Dano well, that's the thing. Daniel Day-Lewis won an Oscar for this film. Really? That's oh, how okay. well it, yeah. This yeah, was the one wow. film that he got an Oscar for. And Paul, he even said in his speech that without Paul Dano being his supporting actor, he wouldn't have gotten the Oscar. Yeah, well, they're both Because great how actors. well this film is and everything like that and how well it's directed and just the sheer performance, because very long take scenes as well, mm-hmm. and especially towards the end. And that's the thing, the character we follow, um, Daniel Plainview, Daniel Day-Lewis, um, is is an absolute asshole of a character. <laughs> he is. He is not good. And even at the end of it, he's even more of an asshole than at the beginning of the film. Like oh, it's wow. just a descent <laughs> into madness and how much like wealth and money like changes a person. 
Yeah. That's that's really what the, the movie's movie's all about. It is um, on my list. It is on the yeah, list. Yeah, definitely a must watch in my opinion, just for the sheer performances of Daniel Day Lewis and Paul Dano. Um Ooh. and just like the ending to it. It was just it's one of those films where like I, I think about the ending a lot. <laughs> um because <laughs> it's just like the, the the performance of it, and it's really like one long take as well. It's, it's almost like watching something at a, in a theater, but oh, it's a man. movie, <laughs> nice. and it's just like wow, like it's absolute so cool. wow. Yeah, well, I'll watch that, and you can watch Sing Street. We'll do a trade. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so number five for me is going back to the nineteen nineties, back Uh-oh. when I was a wee lad. Um, I'm not that old, by the way, everyone, but we just make a joke that I'm really, really, really old. I'm actually a vampire of Alzheimer's. That's how it works. Um, So a small film done by a small director called Martin Scorsese. Um, A little film called Goodfellas. I was close. (laughs) You were close. Very close. (laughs) I love this. I'm pretty sure Time Cop does get referenced in this film. (laughs) (laughs) Joking. Um, But, yes, this is my... Only Martin Scorsese film that's made onto this. I love Scorsese films. Mm-hmm. Like they're the types of films I will go back and just yeah. love every single one this of them. This is my favorite. But this one in, yeah. in particular, mm-hmm. yeah, is something about it, man. Like all my life I always wanted to be a gangster. Like just those starting lines so to good. the film is just like, how do you top that? <laughs> Can't. And he hasn't. He hasn't topped it yet. No. He has not. <laughs> he never uh, will. I'm very, yeah, he never will, but I'm interested to see his new one at the end of the year. Um, oh, yeah. I, I forget the name for it now, but the Killers really long of the Flower one. Moon. <laughs> Killers of the Flower Moon, that's right. I remember. Uh, but yes, Goodfellas is just one of those films where it just hooked me in straight away. And I was eight when I watched this, by the way. Or eight or nine. Wow. Yeah, um, I would have been about 12. I, well, yeah, I remember um, watching like Taxi Driver. Taxi Driver is the first ever Scorsese film that I watched. I haven't and seen I watched it. it. It's on the list. I watched it at a very young age. And even then, I was just like, cool. That was pretty cool. Yeah, what else is he been allowed to watch and that. Then, yeah, that. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no, definitely not. Oh. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, straight after that, it was just like Goodfellas. And then it was just like, I love gangster films. And there's the reason why yeah. like, I like doing noir and gangster films and everything like that is because of this film. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's kind of what's... It's the best gangster movie. It like, is the best gangster film. It's so well done. The performances in it alone from people like Joe Pesci and that, it's just untouchable. So oh, good. yeah. And like Robert De Niro is definitely my yeah. top five actors of all time as well. So, like seeing him in this and his role in it. And obviously, Ray Liotta is the main character for it. And seeing so him, good. this is this was his best performance, like Ray Liotta's best performance by far. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, for sure. Was just like so good. And that's the thing as well. It's so funny. Like, still, you see Joe Pesci in this film. In the exact same year, he did Home Alone. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He did. I so he went he from clamping a guy's <laughs> head in a vice in this film to doing Home Alone. Yeah, well, I'm pretty sure he also clamped a guy's head in Home Alone. Probably. <laughs> no, Macaulay Corkin clamped his head into a door frame multiple times. So it makes yeah. sense. Like yeah, 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 yeah. But it was just like, it's still like, just like, yeah, like you see there's such a dark performance by Joe Pesci in this film and then it's like the same year he did um, Home Alone and I was like what <laughs> what's going on uh, you laughing at me well you think I'm funny or something you think I'm a clown give me entertainment I'm a clown <laughs> all right so, so on to my number four Uh-oh. which I think you already guessed earlier it's a film that came out in 2019 I've talked about it 
many a times. Okay. I did a whole what um, video about it in class already. It is the <laughs> great Joker film done by Todd Phillips. Um, yeah, there is just something about this film, maybe because it is the Joker character, which I do enjoy comic book wise and everything like that. Yeah, maybe. And just the way it was directed, performed. I prefer Jaquan Phoenix's um, Joker more than Heath Ledger. I'm sorry. Oh, right. and I know okay. a lot of people, a lot of people don't really say that. And that's yeah. like, cause I actually do have like, I love Heath Ledger's performance of Joker. Um, well, I actually have his mask, um, uh-huh. my cupboard and everything like that. Um, but yeah, there's still something about this film that I go back and watch regularly. I mainly, cause I think I got really stuck into the theory, what my video thing that I based it upon that it actually oh, wasn't real yeah. and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And it looks like my theory was right. <laughs> Going off behind know. the scenes yeah. stuff for um, the upcoming Joker two. I was like, Oh shit. <laughs> yeah. No, I know, I like but the that. behind the scenes stuff that they're doing for um, Joker two or what got leaked anyway. Um, came out around the same time Jason and I did my theory video. That's right, on it. yeah. And it was just like, oh shit! He's like Ben. I think you were right. <laughs> Linked it together. It was great. Uh, I I I saw Joker in cinema. This was my first MA movie that I saw in cinema. I left school early that day. I drove down. Is it MA? Awesome. I thought it was R. No, oh, no it, it is MA. MA. Look at that. MA. Because yeah, I saw it in cinema. Yep. But I will say, I think it's a little bit overrated. I hate to burst yeah, your bubble, yeah. bro. I liked it. It's a no, 7 it's out right. of 10. You know, it was like, yeah, you didn't do anything special. I'd liked if it expanded yeah. on the whole theory idea that you were given up or, you know, something like that. The soundtrack was cool. Yeah. Soundtrack was very cool. It just, um, but it wasn't Joker for me. It just, it wasn't uh, the character okay. that I knew. And I think that's what put me yeah. off of it a little bit. Maybe if it was, because yeah. you could have completely detached it from the DC universe and made it to its own thing and it still would have worked. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, you know. Yeah, I'm excited. For well, that's the thing. Watch. Anytime, um, yeah, I go into watching like a rebooted or um, like superhero film, or, like someone starring mm-hmm. as like a, the same character as like someone else type thing. I always go into it like reading a new issue of a comic book, almost like this yeah, is its yeah. own world. This is its mm-hmm. own thing. This is what they're trying to do for it. Mm-hmm. And I think the reason why I love this film so much is because it's such an homage to Martin Scorsese films. Like yeah, it literally yeah, is like exactly like Taxi Driver, and mm-hmm. um, uh, I'm trying to think of the other film with Robert De Niro in it that they also do reference. It. <laughs> Scorsese yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing. Robert De Niro is in this one as as well. So, yeah. and that's the thing. Originally, um, Todd Phillips wanted to get Martin Scorsese to direct this film. He oh. didn't want to direct it himself. He wanted I- to get Martin Scorsese to direct this film. It would have been four hours long. <laughs> it would have been. Um, but, yeah, it was, it's still just one of those films. And I know, like, a lot of people find it either just, yeah, I've heard a lot of people say it's overrated, mm-hmm. it's just meh type thing, or yeah. um, very, very sad. There is something about this film to me where in the chaos of it all and just the cinematic look, and maybe it is to do more with, like, I really got stuck on the theory of mine that all of it wasn't real maybe. besides the end part. I think that's maybe why I love it so much as well is because of that. Like, I always had that in the back of my mind, being like, oh, there's like, there's more of a mystery to it. And that just, like, when we I did that mm. um, theory video with Jason and everything like that, the more I read into it and more found other things and everything like that, I was just like, I love this film even more now. Like that, that, yeah. that, like pushed it to a whole new level for me. <laughs> like even just from the the color temperatures and everything, what they use per scene, <laughs> how they related to it, and I was just like, like I was mind blowing. <laughs> it, like, it was like a new experience going into it. 
No, it was, it was, it's a really well done movie. I'll give it that. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Oi, what does that bring? Is it your number three next? Yes. Yeah, so Ooh. my final three are always kind of interchanging between one another. More prominently, two and three. Um, number one's just, number one's pretty secure high up there. I'm not gonna lie, but number two and three are definitely changing between like who's two and who's three, or who's three and who's two. Mm-hmm. Um, so at the moment, I'm feeling there's a small film done by um, Ryan Johnson of all people. The Last Jedi. This was oh, yeah, The Last Jedi. Um, <laughs> it is a small film called Looper. Now I'm not uh, sure if you've ever heard of this before. A lot of people you. haven't. Only from yes. You. <laughs> this I would have to say is probably the best time travel film ever done since Back to the Future. Those are some fighting words, man. Those are some fighting words. Whoa. I remember going to watch this because it has Joseph Gordon-Levitt in it, and Bruce Willis, and Emily Blunt, um, and Paul Dano is in it as well. He's back in this, my films. He's in a lot of my films. Um, yeah, I remember going to watch this at cinemas because it had Mr. Joey Gordon-Levitt because I absolutely love him and want to see him in more stuff, but he kind of just does his own thing these days. And yeah, I didn't read much into it about what it was or anything like that. I was just like, oh, it's got him in it. It seems interesting. Bruce Willis is in it too. Why not? I'll go and watch it. And yeah, I remember walking out of the center being like, oh, like it, it gets you in the feels, man, this film. Oh, wow. Um, it's not a very happy ending, is it? My <laughs> next three films... All don't have happy endings. Well, I suppose all the films that I'm talking about don't really have happy endings. A lot of my um, no. top of the list don't have happy endings. Mm. And yeah, it is basically like a sci-fi Western movie. Sounds cool. Um, I'm going to have to watch almost. it eventually. Like, yeah. The the world that he's created in it, um, Ryan Johnson and everything like that, is very like almost you could believe it's real. Yeah, right. Like, it's very much like the technology and everything like that, besides the whole time travel thing. Um, but <laughs> yeah, even, well, but even how they do the time travel stuff into it, um, and I won't go into spoilers because it's kind of the main story to it all on how Is that's it like evolved with everything like that. <laughs> yeah. I watched Time Cop last week. Can't blame me for bringing yeah. it up. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. I, well, I'll tell you the one story is basically Joseph Gordon-Levitt plays a younger Bruce Willis, and Bruce Willis comes back to his time. Okay. Because this is what you'll see, and this is what I found strange when I went to go and see this one. Joseph Gordon-Levitt doesn't look like Joseph Gordon-Levitt in this film. He looks like Bruce Willis? He looks like Bruce Willis. Well, a younger Bruce Willis, because they actually Donkey. put prosthetics on him and everything like that um, to make him look like Bruce Willis. And just so the like sheer performance. Monkey. Yeah, the <laughs> sheer performance of um, Gordon-Levitt in this, mm-hmm. how he like moves and how he talks he like must have just like followed Bruce Willis around for like a good two years beforehand, really? man. Because all the actions, the way he sounds, and everything like that is exactly like Bruce Willis. <laughs> and I'm just like, what's going on? It's Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Well, it sounds like Joseph Gordon-Levitt, but it's like he's like sounding or talking the expressions and doing the same expressions as what Bruce Willis does in like all the diehard films and stuff like that. And I was like, <laughs> this is kind of freaky, man. But it works so well. That's and then cool. yeah, obviously, um when he meets Emily Blunt's character, who's a phenomenal actress, definitely my number one actress of all time is really? Emily Blunt. Okay. And um, her character and what she's involved with, with um, all that. Cause yeah, there's a whole thing with her mm-hmm. and it's just like, it is. And yeah, it's a, it's a phenomenal film. And that's the thing, the, the ending to it is so much just like, it, it, it hits you, it hits you hard. 
because you don't expect it the way it was. It, it, it does end in a way because that's the thing with Joseph Gordon-Levitt's Joe character and the Joe, I write Joe and a lot of the stuff out right because yeah, of this film um, <laughs> is like, he's such kind of like, it's only me type thing like very much like selfish oh, everything's okay. like yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I it's only to, i only do things to benefit me Ooh. type thing that's his entire character even from the beginning and everything like that the reason why he does this job as a looper and um stuff like that and then the ending of it when it was just like yeah like, like all his morals and everything like that just like totally changed and i was like wow it was just it was just wow <laughs> Yeah, maybe I'll watch Looper yeah. tonight. <laughs> yeah, I would I cool. would definitely recommend watching Looper because, yeah, like I said, I know you haven't seen it. You've definitely seen the next two that I'm going to talk about. Oh. Um, but, yeah, Looper is one of those films where I will go back and watch it and I still fall in love with it every single time. Cool. And that's why it kind of interchanges between number two and number three a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the moment anyway, because I've been talking about this film um, with James, who was on our Last of Us podcast at the moment because he – or my black and white copy of version of this film. So my number two uh, is a film that came out in 2007. Well, here's the funny thing. Uh-oh. My number one and number two are both films that came out in 2017. <laughs> 2017 oh, was really? a great year for me. <laughs> I, oh, so okay. number two for Cars me three? is Logan. Oh, okay. I was close. Yeah. Um, obviously, Fair. Hugh Jackman as Wolverine, Boyd Holbrook, Patrick Stewart, oh, everyone, so everyone. This is yeah, pretty much. Oh my gosh, this has to be my and will probably forever will be for a very long time my favorite comic book film of all time. Wow. Um, really? Yeah, I have. There is no film, even the next one that I do talk about. Um, this is the one film I go back and watch it and do cry every single time. Oh. Yeah. Um, because yeah, well, obviously, I think enough people have watched Logan by now. It was a pretty popular film. It did very well done. Directed by the great James Mangold, who is my favorite director of all time. I can um, see it. I can see it. Yeah, and just the way because I was like brought up watching Western films and everything like that as a kid, and still love watching Western films. And this is so reminiscent to a Western film, and that's what a lot of people don't get. Like, it is very much a structure of a Western yeah, film. And it is a Western. I could, I could talk about this film the entire podcast about what it actually represents for s- future superhero films as well <laughs> and everything like that. Um, we won't do that because we're going to be here forever otherwise. Yeah. Um, but it is, yeah, the film that I go back and watch and, like, I've been talking with James recently about it, about what it actually represents to the future of superhero films and he watched the black and white version of it because I do have, like, the noir version. and it. It is amazing to watch in black and white because obviously for black and white films, black and white yeah, you have to like have certain lighting and everything like yeah, to look yeah. good. And um, yeah, it, like it has that type of lighting. How James Mangold did yeah. it as well and everything like that. Um, and it is, I, it's probably even more sad <laughs> going back and watching <laughs> in black and white because um, it's always the scene not when um, Xavier dies, not in the back of the Ute, but when they actually go to bury him. Um, oh, and then yeah. Hugh Jackman just loses it every single time in that scene. Just, oh. just a, a bit of tears come out, man. I'm not going to lie. It's the one film I, every single time I go back and watch it, and I've watched this film 50 times right now, oh, maybe even God. over. Um, it's, yeah, it is one You're of those films where. Yourself, man. <laughs> yep, yep. Oh. Even just talking about it, man, I'm, I'm getting teary eyed because I'm thinking of that scene. Oh. 
but it's up just there on the my performances, yeah, the performances in it are phenomenal. This is probably my favorite Hugh Jackman role ever. Well, his performance ever. Um, Boyd yeah. Holbrook is in it, who is another favorite actor of mine. Patrick Stewart was in it, man, and he looks he so, so skinny good. and so frail for it. It was so. Oh. Yeah. It was just a lot of great actors. In it. And that's the thing. It's a, very, it's a very small film as well. Like not a lot of actors, not a lot of yeah. Um, yeah. things going on. It's very like a small story you follow. And everything like that. But that's the thing. It is very meant to be reminiscent of a Western film. It's inspired by a lot of Western films. James Mango actually did do a Western film called 310 to Yuma, which I also suggest to people to watch. I'm surprised I didn't make it onto the list, but you know, <laughs> I put this on here instead. Uh, 310 to Yuma starring Christian Bale. And um, yeah. Um, Russell Crowe are in that one. That, that's a very, very good actual Western film. It's also, um, but yeah, I could, I, yeah, I could be here forever talking about Logan. Logan's the one film, just what it represents, because we still are in that time of superhero films and what this film represents for that and watching like interviews with James Mangold about it. I actually like, if I've got the opportunity to meet James Mangold, this would be the one film I want to discuss with him about being like, <laughs> how, why did you structure it like this? Because that's the thing. It's meant to represent the down, the eventual downfall of superhero films. Okay. Yeah, right. Um, I'll talk about this in person with you one day when we get yeah. a chance because yeah, this is going to be like a whole. Seven hours. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, but that's the thing because, like, you do have that era of where we had Western films and everything like that, but they all just died out. And they this did. the thing that's that's going to happen with superhero films. They're all just going to die out, like the Westerns West did. Comes to an end. And um, yeah, I think that's the reason why I love this film so much because it is very reminiscent of a Western film. Which these days I find myself watching more and more old Western films, like going back and watching older films. Mm-hmm. And then I go back and watch this again, and I fall in love with it even more again. And yeah, yeah, it's just it's just amazing. And that's the thing. I just yeah. don't think there's going to be any superhero film anytime soon anywhere that's going to top top this film for me. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I prefer some other superhero ones to Logan, but Logan's up there. Yeah. It's pretty good. Yeah. And um, I was also debating putting some Westerns on my list because, yeah, I also grew up watching a bunch. So definitely some, some good ones there. But, Barry, what's your number one? My number one. Ugh. Well, I think Clayton already knows what this will be. And you're probably very surprised that it's not Jurassic 1917. World? Oh, it's definitely Jurassic World. Yep. Um, but no, another film <laughs> that came out in 2017. Um, so 2017 was a pretty good year for me, not going to lie. I think that was the year where I was just like, um, that was the year where I was just like, I want to make a change in my life. I want to start like looking at movies at a different angle and, and learning about what happens. Yeah, it was around that time where I started going to YouTube and being like, well, how do they make films? How do they do all this? Like yeah. how, what cameras do they use? I think that was around 2017, around that time when I started to get into that a bit more. Um, but yeah, the number one film for me, and this is probably not going to change anytime soon, <laughs> is um, Blade Runner 2049. Not uh, the original, the sequel, which a lot of people don't like. Well, here's really? the thing. A lot of people, no, a lot of people love it. Just uh, Nobody's actually seen it. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I mean, I saw yep. it. <laughs> yeah. I saw it before I saw the original. Yeah. So- well, that's but, the thing, because yeah. I grew up watching the original as a kid, mm-hmm. and then I read the book that this was all based upon, and then in 2017, they released this one with Ryan Gosling, and I was like, fuck yeah, because of Drive, I this is going to be phenomenal. You were on it, you were in it. <laughs> and then, yeah, like, I knew already back then that this film wasn't going to be for everyone. I knew that it was probably going to take a loss, because 
the original film took a loss. Nobody went to go and see the original film either. Yeah, it took a while for Even it to though, find its feet yeah. as like a cult film. And that's the thing. And there's something about this film. I'm not sure what it is because I know a lot of people still prefer the original one more than that's this me. one. Yeah. yeah, I'm included. Um, but there's this something about the, the story and the atmosphere to this one. I enjoy a lot more. Maybe because it is newer. Maybe it is like they could do a lot more stuff with the technology compared to yeah, the original. Maybe. Even though the original one has like its own style, unique style to it. And maybe because it just has you in it, you know, Ryan Gosling, you True. know, maybe, know. maybe that's the reason why. But I feel like, yeah, just like another thing as well, it has a very small cast that you follow. Uh, well, it really, mainly just follows Ryan Gosling's character the entire way through. Yeah, and um, so. yeah, it's only got Harrison Ford, Anna Diamas, um, and then Dave Bautista, Jared Leto. Um, so like oh, very, yeah. very small that. cast you actually see through this, what, two and a half hour film? It is a it long is, film. Yeah, it is a long movie. <laughs> um, and that's the thing, it's done. Cinematographer was the great Roger Deakins as well. Oh, uh, who's yeah. my favorite cinematographer of all time? Yeah. Uh, so just every every single shot of his is just phenomenal in this film. How it was built, how it was portrayed, um, and then the overall like, like story to it. Like we go through the story. Spoilers, everyone that hasn't seen Twenty Forty Nine, and I don't think going to watch it by now because no one's actually went to go and see it back when it came out. Um, basically, <laughs> you follow Ryan Gosling's character who plays Officer K, and he thinks he's this chosen person this chosen android to like save one. android kind and then it turns out he's actually not he's just no. some average joe essentially and that's like so meta throughout like um joy's character in mm-hmm. it well, played by anna Diamas and what she represents so and it's it's one of those films where, where i could talk about this film like an entire podcast episode yeah, <laughs> like, just about what everything represents and then how they like also um, integrated the original story into it as well with Harrison Ford's character yeah. um, mm-hmm. returning as well, 33 years later um, as like this old grunty man and how he was. And they still like, this is the good thing about, I love this film um, because with the original Blade Runner film, it was always like, was Dickens character, was he an Android or replicant or was he not? Yeah, yeah. And depending on who you ask I, for that yeah. film, yeah, it's always been like up in the air about it. And that's what I love about that film. Like you meant to take your own opinions about the original Blade Runner. Like, is he a replicant? Is he not? And then with this film, what they did with his character, they still did the same thing again. They don't actually give you a def- definite answer to it, to Harrison Ford's character. Like, was he a replicant or was he not? Like, they yeah. never answered that, which is still like phenomenal to me, how like they did all that and everything like that. And then, yeah, you got um, Officer K or Joe, uh, Ryan Gosling's character that goes through all this story, finding all this information and then realizing that he, he is just an average guy or an average replicant. He yeah. doesn't mean really anything. And yeah, another interlinked, um, which is an amazing scene. And actually that idea for that whole scene on what they talk about and everything like that was actually done by Ryan Gosling himself. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, that whole interlink thing. It was like it's actually like a psychologist's thing because they wanted to like change, obviously, the um, void conf yes, test yeah, yeah. from the original one. So yeah, apparently he was doing some research and he was like, "Oh, uh, can we try this?" And they actually that's what they did for the the oh, scene. I didn't yeah. remember coming up with that idea. I'm smart. No, no, God. you are smart. Oh, um, wow. uh, yeah, I'm very like looking forward to seeing because they are working on Blade Runner twenty nine nine. 
which is halted at the moment. Man, yeah, yeah, because <laughs> of writing. But I like still want to see more of the Blade Runner world. Like, I love the world of Blade Runner. I would so love good. to maybe, hopefully, one day do something in the world of Blade Runner because it's like one of those Ooh. things where I just love the small details in it and everything like that. Hell yeah! And I hope to, like just to see more of it, and I hope people go and watch Twenty Forty Nine, and um, yeah, and just watch it for the film that is like it's a very arty film not gonna lie like, there's literally like just 10 minutes clips of them just going over landscapes and like sci-fi no, buildings and just just music and that's what i, I just love yeah. about it as well it's I one of those films a whole like, movie oh that's just yeah flying around the city <laughs> yep yeah yep. blade runner nothing has nailed the cyberpunk sci-fi feel that more than blade runner like yep. it just it's so good but um yeah yeah i think that's going to bring us an end of, to this episode we've got a bit of time i think that is yeah we have well we knew wow. today's episode would be a bit long <laughs> so yeah <laughs> that's what happens when you let barry talk <laughs> yeah this is what happens when i talk <laughs> oh all right guys well yeah we'll uh we'll see you next week for another episode of we talk film where we won't be talking us we will be talking something completely different and regular yeah, we'll be back to your regular scheduled programming next week. Regular <laughs> scheduled programming next week. All right, guys, yeah. we're going back to normal next week. <laughs> All right, follow our socials. Download the podcast. Listen everywhere you can find it. And uh, see you next week. See you, everyone. I'm loving this new song, Barry. <laughs> it's great. It's great. I love it. <laughs>